Christmas, everybody. Oh, my gosh. You got, are you still sleeping today? I mean, did you guys start Christmas early and you started eating and, like, opening your presents and now you're just being lazy and... Merry Christmas! Thank you! You guys, I am so excited about being here this morning. My name is Shayla. I am Pastor TJ's wife, and I get the incredible blessing of bringing you guys the word today. And, you know, as Pastor TJ's been preparing over this Christmas series, he's finding out that it's a little difficult to repackage the Christmas story so many times. And so he's been getting ready for Christmas Eve, and he's like, hey, Shayla, what do you think about speaking this weekend? I was like, uh, it's Monday first of all. And I've never done a Christmas message before in my life. But I'm here and I'm excited and I believe that, that God has, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you guys. You guys are like the most encouraging crowd. I was at Coconut Creek this morning and nothing against them, but they were just kind of, they're just kind of like, meh. It was really, really difficult today. So thank you guys for being engaging. I welcome like the talking back and the encouraging and the, you know, you preach girl and all that kind of stuff, you know, so just do what you can for me this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Good job. Well, anyways, I was thinking about Christmas and I was thinking about Christmas over the years and even when I was a young kid and as I start reminiscing about Christmas and thinking about the good old days, I was like, you know what, what was the best Christmas gift I ever got? Do you guys know what the best gift you ever got was? Some of you, maybe, a few things. I heard somebody say Jesus. That's like the cop-out answer. No, like the actual physical gift that you got. For me, it was like, I don't remember how old I was, but one year, I got a Cabbage Patch doll and a Teddy Ruxpin bear. That was like the best Christmas ever. And I wish I still had those Christmas presents because now they would probably be worth a lot of money. But I didn't hold on to them long enough. But anyways, I was thinking about these gifts. So I need a volunteer. Who wants to volunteer? Okay. Come on, Melissa. Come up here. You get your five seconds of fame. Come on. Okay. What was the best gift that you ever got during Christmas? Michael Kors watch. Ooh. That's a good one, Yeah, that's awesome. Are you getting me that this year? Sure. Oh, you guys heard it. Hey, I just, I just want to give you something, okay? But I don't want you to open it. Oh, okay. I just want you to take it, and I want you to hold on to it. I just want you to dream about what could be in here. Okay. Just imagine the incredible thing that you could possess right now. All right. Whoa. Okay, take it back to your seat. Sit down. Okay. So Christmas, there's this anticipation that happens at Christmas. There's just this excitement. I remember as a little kid, there would be like all of these presents underneath the tree, and I would be so excited that I'd be over there. How many of you guys have kids that are at the tree, or maybe you were that kid, like shaking the presents? Yeah, what's, what is it? What is it? What is it? You know, kind of like shaking it. Does it make noise? Is it a puppy? I mean, I don't know. And sometimes I would actually, I would like, we had a dog at our house and I would try to get my dog to latch onto the other side of the present, like play tug of war. So maybe the dog would rip open the present and I could find out what it was. But TJ was actually telling me, and some of you parents that do this, you must be really cruel. TJ was saying that his parents used to never put the presents out until Christmas morning. How many of you guys do that? Really? 
That's mean. There, I mean, there's just this anticipation of wondering, what am I going to get? What's in these boxes? What is going to happen? What food is there going to be to eat? Because I love food. And there's just all of these things to be excited about and anticipated about during Christmas time. And the same thing was true in the early years of the Bible. In the, in the Christmas story, the same thing was true. And there was this man who was waiting in anticipation to meet the Messiah, to meet the Savior. And I want to tell you guys just a, a brief moment of this story, and it picks up in Luke 25 to 35. It says this, it says, At the time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting the Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. See, the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die because he was old until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. It says that very day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as required, see Jesus was just born, and it was a requirement of law to bring that baby to the temple. It says Simeon was there. And he took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people Israel. Then it goes on to say that Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. And I just, I sat with that for a minute. Because I feel like Mary and Joseph, like, they've been through a lot over the last 8 to 12 months. I mean, first you're a virgin, and then you all of a sudden are pregnant. Amazed. Then you make this journey all the way to Bethlehem. There's no room in the inn. There's all of these different things. You have this baby, and it's in a manger. And now all of a sudden, all of these, these shepherds and these wise men and these people are coming up, and they're just like worshiping and bringing gifts to your baby. Amazed. I wish people would do that. When we have kids, sometimes people we don't know, oh, here, here's some incredible gifts for you. You know, like just amazed. And Mary and Joseph had just gone through, and again, they're standing at the temple, and somebody is saying all of these incredible things about their little baby. And they're standing there amazed at what's being said, and it says, Then Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, the baby's mother, duh, The child is destined to be the cause of many in Israel to fall. But he will be the joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. See, in these times, there were these people in Israel that were so oppressed by the government of that time. Their king was so nasty and so mean that they would just felt this weight and this oppression over their life. 
And it had been prophesied that this king was going to come and that he was going to deliver these people and he was going to save these people. And historians talk about how they believed in those times that this king was going to come and he was going to be this like superior king who was going to come and he was going to overthrow the government and he was going to deliver the people and all the people oppressed would be set free. And so these people had in their mind, there's just going to be this incredible king, this incredible savior that comes and like wipes out all of their oppressors, and takes the world by force. But instead, God had a different plan. See, he sent a baby to change the world. Because I think something that Simeon said was so key, it said, as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. See, these people were expecting someone to come and to deliver them and set them free from their circumstantial problems. But God was saying, look, I'm going to send you a king that doesn't deliver you from your circumstances, but begins to transform your heart. He's saying, I'm going to send someone that's going to bring eternal transformation, not temporary change. And when God sent Jesus, he sent somebody that was going to mess with their ideals. He was going to mess with their religious tradition. He sent somebody that was going to mess with with all of the circumstantial things, and he was going to cut straight to their heart and say, I want to know what you really believe. And so Simeon's saying, look, this Savior, he's not what these people expected, but he's going to come and he's going to cut straight to the heart of the issue. Because from the beginning of the time, from the beginning of creation, every single thing that God has done has been about your heart. It's been about wanting to bring internal change and internal transformation. And I think so many times we're looking for this Savior. We're looking for this salvation to deliver us from our circumstances, to deliver us from our pain, to deliver us of all of these things that are happening in our life when really God is just saying, look, I'm not going to change any of that. I'm going to change you. And then those things will start to change. And so God begins, he, he sends his son And it starts messing with people. Because it's always been about heart transformation. And every year we can sit here and we listen to these Christmas stories of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. And we repackage it and it looks different every year. And we try to be creative about how it's presented. But I think over time... All of these amazing miracles and these amazing things begin to lose their significance in our life because we've heard it so many times. And I feel like this year through this message and something that God did in me, and is he said, Shayla, I know you've heard this 50 times. I know you know I sent Jesus to save you. I know you know the meaning of Christmas, but let me, let me show it to you a little bit differently. And I think a lot of us know about the gift that God has given us. A lot of us know about Jesus, this baby that God has sent to us as a gift to bring our salvation and our peace and our hope and all of these different things. We know about that. And we've received that gift. 
We've just never truly opened that gift to understand what we really possess. And as I was studying this and as I was walking through this, I I just started realizing that if I really understood this gift that God gave me, this gift that I possess, it would change everything. And as I started to think about just opening up a gift and unpackaging a gift, I thought, okay, if I, were to, if I were to look back at this and I were to say, okay, God, you sent your son, Jesus. What does that mean for me? And as I begin to open that up, I realize that the first thing that that gift can bring to me is comfort. Because in Matthew 1, 21, and 20, 21 through 23, it says this, and she will have a son. And you will name him Jesus, we've all heard this, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, which he had prophesied many, many, many years before in the Old Testament. That prophecy was this, look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And honestly, that God with us, us had totally new meaning to me this time because if you really think about Emmanuel if you think about God with us living as we live experiencing things as we experience he was thirsty he was tired he was sad he was angry he was indignant he was grieved he was troubled He was sorrowful, he was tearful, he was overcome with the prospect of his future and what he was going to have to do. Just like a lot of us, we're worried about what does the future hold and what is happening and how am I going to get through this and I'm worried and I'm anxious. Look, he's been there. He exercised faith, he read scripture, he prayed, he sighed with an aching heart. He felt everything that you feel. See, a lot of times we look at our life and, life and we're like, we're in danger financially. I'm in, I'm in danger relationally. I'm in danger in so many areas of my life. But guess what? He was always in danger. From the moment Jesus stepped foot on this earth, there was people set out to kill him, to destroy him, to judge him, to mistreat him. God with us. He felt everything. I think we look around and we say, well, I've been mistreated. I've been misjudged. Guess what? So was he. He gets it. He understands. He's been there. And we look around and we say, but I hear so many people say this all the time, but God, I just don't feel like he understands. I don't feel like he cares about my situation. That is completely a lie. Because he cared so much that he sent his son to be God with you. Walking where you walk. Going where you go. Some of you guys, Christmas is a is a tough time it's a dark time God understands and he's saying I am with you you know I remember being little 
And I was, I was deathly scared of the dark. How many of you guys were scared of the dark when you were little? Maybe you're still scared of the dark. I don't know. Um, I was so scared of the dark. And at night, my mom would, like, tuck me and my sister in, and we had bunk beds, and she would come in, and she would pray for us, my mom and my dad. And, and then they would turn off the light, and they would leave. And I remember when they turned off the light, my mind was just, like, flooded with all of these fears and worries and like, oh my gosh, somebody's going to come in here and they're going to sneak through the window and they're going to get me. Or maybe my bunk bed is going to fall and it's going to crush my sister in her sleep. Or maybe I'm going to eat a spider. Or I just, I, something's going to happen. And I was so scared. And you know what I would do when I was scared? I'd be like, Mom! You guys have kids that do that probably? Mom! Mom, come in here. And my mom would open the door and she would come in and she'd be like, Shayla, I'm right here. Like, I am with you. I haven't left. I'm here. I'm with you. And the sheer presence of knowing that my mom was with me made all of the difference. See, just knowing that she was present there, just knowing that she was there wiped out all of those fears. Because I knew if somebody comes through that window, my mom's going to get him. She's with me. Brought comfort to my life. See, the greatest gift that Jesus gave on Christmas was his son to be God with us. He is with you. But see, just having the awareness that he's there can comfort us, even if our situation isn't any different, even if we're walking through challenges. But it doesn't just end there. When we truly understand the gift that Jesus gave us at Christmas, that he, he sympathizes with us, he's experienced what we've experienced, there's this comfort that's there that aids us in our time of need. And when we truly understand that piece of that gift and we begin to unpackage that, there's a second piece that I realized is there. And when I begin to open up and understand that gift, guess what it does? It releases this power in my life. Melissa, I want you to open that gift. Let's see what she got. All eyes on Melissa. Hurry up. Just kidding. Rip it open like Christmas. Hurry. I didn't wrap it that bad. Oh, my gosh. What is it? How much is it? What is it? $50? $50 gift card. Hey, everybody wants to volunteer now, right? Uh-huh, yeah, next time. But listen, here's the deal. Melissa, did that gift just sitting there, did, did it really do anything for you just sitting next to you? You possessed the gift. You have it. You just didn't know what was in it. So it couldn't really do anything for you. See, this is the same thing that happens in our life. See, God's given us this incredible gift in Jesus. But in so many of us possess that gift we've just never really opened it and experienced it 
Because when you open it and you experience it, guess what? When Melissa's out driving and she runs out of gas, whoop, she got $50 to pay for that gas. But if that thing would have just been sitting on her passenger side seat, that didn't do anything for her when she ran out of gas. But see, when we have this gift of Christmas, when we have this gift of Jesus in our life, it releases this power. See, when I have Jesus, I have access to someone who gives me the ability to overcome, to fight, that gives me strength when I need it in that moment. When I can tap into that gift that he's given me, it gives me this reassurance, this hope, this confidence that I can overcome whatever is in my life at that moment. In Ephesians 4.20, it says this. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. See, God, we have this incredible power that we can tap into. God's saying, look, I can do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that you could ask or imagine. I can do things in your life and in your situation that you could have never thought possible. But that verse says, according to the power at work within you. Well, guess what? If you don't understand that power... You're limiting what God can do in your life. See, we can be a limiter of God's power if we don't fully understand the gift that we possess. Smith Wigglesworth is one of my absolute favorite evangelists of all times, and he said in a quote, said, nothing is impossible with God. He said, the impossibility lies within us When we measure God by the limitation of our unbelief. See, when we don't understand the power and the simplicity that comes with Christmas, we are missing out on one of the greatest tools that we have access to. See, there is this unlimited power when you are in circumstances that you don't even see your way out. First of all, God's saying, look, I'm with you. I'm walking alongside you. I've been there. You know what? Maybe you're sick in your body and there's things that are going on. Maybe relationally you're struggling and there's things that are happening and you don't know how to deal with. And God is saying, look, I am with you. I understand. I am there. And not only am I here to bring comfort through that, but I am giving you this power that you have the ability to overcome more than you think you do. And so many of us are limiting ourselves and our circumstances because we open the gift of fear, insecurity, worry, and all of these other things rather than tapping into the unlimited power that God gave us through his son. You know, TJ was telling you guys a story about a family in our church last week that um, that got saved recently at our church that have never really experienced a relationship with God or church or any of those things. And I remember talking to the mom, and I was talking to her last week, and it was so incredible to sit there and to listen to this woman talk about her experience. Because she said, you know, 
I've always been a positive person. I've always had a good outlook on life. I've always had good morals and values and all of these different things. And she's like, what's crazy is that since I've made this decision, since I've committed my life to Christ, my circumstances haven't changed, the people around me haven't changed, but I have this unexplainable peace and joy inside of me. And see, that's what happens. It doesn't matter what's going on around us, what our circumstances say, because there is this joy and this peace and this strength and this power that is accessible when we understand what it is we possess. See, these, these gifts that we have, these gifts that we open up, when we truly understand what this means in our life, it is something that is worth sharing with other people. It's something that is worth re-gifting. You've got the bad re-gifts. Well, this is like the best one that ever happened. When you truly come to this knowledge and this understanding, to be able to share that with others is an incredible gift. And so I feel like the, the last thing I learned in this process of opening it up and truly understanding what Christmas really meant is the last thing that it, is that it contains responsibility. How many of you guys remember what Spider-Man's uncle told him? What is it? Exactly. With great power comes great responsibility. Seeing God's given us the power of his son, the power of salvation, the power to overcome. But there's a responsibility that comes with that. A responsibility to share that with other people. And 1 John, in, in your notes there, I'm going to skip down to halfway through this verse. And it says, this is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love that we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God. He's saying, look, you didn't love me first. He said, but I loved you, so I sent my son as a sacrifice to clear away your sin and the damage that it's done to your relationship with God. He's saying, look, I extended this love. I sent you this incredible gift. But then he's going to go on to say, but now I need you to do something. And it goes on to say, my dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, then we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever, but if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us, and his love becomes complete in, in, in us, perfect love. See, what this is saying is people don't see God. People that don't know, don't know God, they do not see him. They do not understand him. They do not experience him. But this is saying just because no one has ever seen me, they will see me, but that's through you. See, you are a reflection of God's love. And the way that people see God is through your interactions with them. And my question to you is, are people experiencing God through you? 
Are they experiencing something else? See, I think he's saying, look, you just need to give this love away. I've given you so much. Now share it with other one else, everyone else. Let other people see me through your love for them. And I think a lot of times we do a horrible job at showing love. I don't know about you, but I do. I'll be the first to admit, I about lost my salvation the other day in the car when somebody honked at me. Like, we do a horrible job at showing love, but what we do, do well at is showing judgment and jealousy and criticism and hatred and telling somebody what we don't believe. But God's saying, look, if, if you want people to see me, then you have to love. And we can get so critical of people. And here's the deal. We can't let our criticism replace our contribution. We can't let criticism replace our contribution. See, John Maxwell, he has this saying he said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. See, your criticism won't change anyone. But your contribution of love just might. And I think we go into things and we're like, well, I don't believe what he believes, or I don't agree with their lifestyle, or I don't agree with this. And we go and we try to tell them what we don't agree with rather than just saying, I love you. Because guess what? When someone knows that they love you, you might have the opportunity to lead them to truth. But if all you are is critical and judgmental, no one is going to change. See, and I think sometimes we confuse love with acceptance or agreement. We think, well, if I love that person, then does that mean I agree with their views or how they live their life or all of these other things? No. What it means is that you are being Jesus to them. You are being a reflection of God. Because guess what? Before you even accepted Jesus, he paid a penalty for you. He didn't agree with your life. He didn't agree with how you were doing things. But he loved you so much that he paid it. We can't allow our criticism to replace our contribution in people's lives. And I think that's what Christmas is all about. And I think whether we believe it or not, we all have these prejudices or we all have stuff that, that we carry. And we have to be willing to open ourselves up and to allow God to deal with those deep places of our heart. And we have to find opportunities in everyday life where we can actually wield our privilege instead of excusing it away or justifying it. And that makes us an ally for people. And I think we have to, to look for opportunity to extend love and to extend hope and to extend peace to the people around us this Christmas. You know, there was a couple years ago when TJ was preaching at the church that we were at before we moved here. 
And I think he was preaching a message about serving or loving people. I don't even remember what it was about, but it was about caring for people. And he had preached six services in a row. And he was tired. And he went and he got in his car and the gas tank was empty. How many of you guys have been there like, dang it, I'm so tired and now I have to go to the gas station? And he pulls in the gas station and he gets out his card and he puts his card in and it says, see attendant. Seriously. So he walks up and he's getting close to the doors and there's this this guy there and he's like, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir, I need some money. Can you give me some money? I need I need some money for gas or I need, you know, whatever. And, and TJ just kind of excused it and he walked by and he's like, yeah, man, I don't have anything. And he walked through the door and God convicted him. And he said, you have the ability to help that person. Weren't you just talking about serving people? And TJ could have excused that away. He could have said, I'm not the reason that guy's in the position he's in. Those are his choices that led him there. I don't have to help him out of that. I don't have to do that. He could have excused his way away out of that. But he went and he paid for his gas and felt that conviction so deep that he said, hey, let me get $20 cash back. And he gets $20 and he walks back out the door and the guy's still there and he said, hey man, here's $20, God bless you. And the man looked at him and he goes, thank you so much, Pastor TJ. I was just sitting in your services at church. See, as Christians, people are watching. They're watching to see how you treat people. Do you love or do you criticize? Do you love or do you judge? Because this Christmas, it is all about the most incredible gift of love that Jesus is in our life. One that brings comfort. One that brings power. But one that brings an ultimate responsibility to show God's love to other people. Thank you for checking out Coastal Community Church. We hope that you receive hope and encouragement through this week's message. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, please share your story at mystory at coastalcommunity.tv. We hope you enjoy the service.